Hello everyone, this is Isaac Petrie. Welcome to the podcast. Be ready to be encouraged and enlightened as we discuss spiritual solutions for everyday life. Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. And listen, I'm excited. Want to get right down to it. Pray that you're having a blessed day. But I want to address something that was brought to the forefront in the body of Christ concerning some comments that um, known healing evangelist Benny Hinn made concerning prosperity and the prosperity gospel. There's been a lot of confusion about it, and I just want to try to bring some spiritual clarity. Well, first of all, I'm not going to discuss whether Benny Hinn was right or wrong. That's not something that I want to address on the podcast. He has a right to his opinion and his revelation and whatever he feels. But I just want to speak to the actual subject matter, prosperity, and see if we can get some clarity on where does God stand? Where does the word of God stand? When it comes to wealth and prosperity and ministries and giving and all of that, first and foremost, if you're going to be faithful and have fidelity to scripture, that's one thing that I'm discovering that a lot of people want to give their opinions, but opinions don't really matter. What did the word of God say? Now, you can have your opinions but your opinions do not change the word of God. And so we have to get in the word of God without a biased filter. And most people can't do that. They can't, they can't go into the word of God with an unbiased filter. They, 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 they they know what they've been taught. They know what they've been trained in. They know what their denomination preaches and teaches. They've been raised in houses where they've developed belief systems. And so when they go into the word of God, we go into the word of God trying to justify our opinion instead of just wiping the slate clean, coming in with a clear conscience conscience, and saying, what does the word of God say about the matters that we deal with in the kingdom of God and life? And if we will not be disingenuous, but really open ourselves up and have a neutral spirit where all you want is truth, then revelation and the way to do things in the word of God is so clear if we can get people to drop their biases. And so I want to just give an unbiased approach to the word of God. What does it say? What does it not say? What does it say about giving? What does it not say about giving? So we can have some spiritual clarity to the message of prosperity. So first of all, does God want you to be wealthy or rich? If we're going to look at it through the scripture, then you have to arrive at the conclusion that God has no problem with people being rich or wealthy. He has a problem with number one, why they want it. Number two, what they're going to do with it and understanding the purpose of it. And number three, being covetous with the things of this earth and this world and having a wrong relationship to the material realm. And so number one, does God want you to be wealthy? The first time rich is mentioned in the Bible is in Genesis chapter number 13, 
verse number two, where the Bible says, and God made Abraham or Abraham, God told him to get out from his country and kindred and go to a land that he will show him and that God would bless him and make him a great nation. And then we get down to Genesis 13, one chapter later, over a period of time in the Bible says, and God made Abraham or Abraham was very rich. And the only way he could be rich is God had to make him rich. And the Bible says he was rich in gold and silver and livestock and cattle, which means God multiplied him. Why? Because if I'm going to make you the father of many nations and I'm going to bless you to be a blessing, you're going to have to have resources to do it with. And so the Abrahamic blessing was about amassing enough resources so that God could use him in a way to be a blessing throughout his generations and throughout the earth. And if you know anything about the blessing of Abraham, that blessing ran all the way down to Jesus Christ, who came through the loins of Abraham. And so if God was against people being rich, he wouldn't have made Abram very rich. Then there are verses in the Bible, Proverbs 10, 22, the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and addeth no sorrow with it. And then you go to Deuteronomy 8, 18. Once you come into the land that I've given you to possess, and I mean, you've got houses, you've been blessed, you've been prosperous. He said, do not forget that it is the Lord, your God, that gave you the power to get wealth. And so there is no issue with God wanting you to be rich, wanting you to be wealthy. He even went as far as to say the blessing of the Lord would do it. But why does God want you wealthy? It is always to be in a position of authority so that you can be a distributor of the blessings of God. And so he is not against um, the prosperity of people. He is not a God of poor. Jesus says, I came to preach the good news to the poor. Poverty is a curse. The word of God says God is a good, good father and no father wants their children poor and, and, and lacking and without. That's why he needs people in the kingdom of God that know what to do with prosperity so that we can eliminate poverty and eliminate lack and eliminate the needs of people. And so there's a covenant in the word of God. The Abrahamic covenant was so blessed. Isaac, Jacob, all the way down, the children of Israel, God wanting to bless and multiply his people. And so that is clear. But we move over into some areas in the body of Christ where the reason why we have wealth needs to be challenged because most of the people who amass great amounts of prosperity and wealth begin to talk about their material possessions. And it gives the perception that, you know, because you have money, you're blessed or, or you're, you're, you're above people or, or, you know, you're walking with God and other people are not. If that was the case, then the rich young ruler in Luke 18 and then the rich fool in Luke chapter number 12, Jesus would not have rebuked them 
because the Bible is very clear. What does it profit you to gain the whole world and lose your soul? Which means there is a wrong relationship with money and there is no security in earthly worldly things. And when you start talking about prosperity and you start attaching the size of your house and the size of your car and what car you're driving it and all the jewelry and all of those things that you have and you've possessed, then you've missed the purpose for it because the world has those things. I mean, drug dealers have big houses. They have cars. I mean, uh, cartel people have uh, huge houses and you, you have all types of people who do Everything ungodly that can amass wealth out of the world system. And so the relationship with it has to be right. And the rich young fool is the one that I want to talk about and the rich young ruler because it shows you what prosperity will do when you have the wrong motive and when you don't know why God wants you wealthy. And the Bible says this this man who, of course, the rich young fool, and I'm going to paraphrase for the sake of time. Um, he began to amass great wealth and he got to a point where he was so at ease with himself. You'll find this in Luke chapter number um, 12. You can um, just look it up and go all the way down through it on your own time. But I just want to paraphrase down through it. He began to just say, my soul is at ease. I got plenty. Everything's great. You know, and and what shall I do? I don't even have any more rooms to store my crops. And so here's what I'll do. I'm going to tear down my barns and build bigger barns. And I've got to find somewhere to put all this stuff I got, this wealth I've got. I've got to hoard it up. I've got to keep it with me. Because if you have the wrong relationship with wealth or money, you'll think there's security in it. It could be gone in a day. There's no security in it. Your security has to be in Christ, in Christ alone. And he began to hoard it up because he felt like that his security was in this wealth. And he began to build bigger barns. And God came to him and said, you fool. Tonight, your soul is required of you. And then he gives him the question that who will have all of these things which you have? In other words, you don't have great wealth to keep it. And it's not a God. It can't do anything for you. If affliction hits you, all the money in the world can't get you healed. If depression hits you, all the money in the world can't get you healed. When trouble comes and something happens and you lose your soul, all the money in the world won't qualify you for heaven. And so the security that we get out of worldly things and the only reason we hoard it up and we're stingy with it. See, it's not just it's not just broke people who are stingy. Wealthy people are stingy, too, because they have such security in it that they will not give it up. They will not use it. They store it. They keep it because they have security in it. And Jesus rebuked him and said, you did not know that while you stored all that up, you'll never get to use it. Because tonight your soul is required. Then we get over into the rich young ruler who is a great young man. He's kept the law. I mean, he's tried to live right. He begins to talk about, you know, that, uh, you know, I've kept the commandments. In Luke chapter number 18, you can go read that. 
starting with verse number 18. And I mean, he's a great young man, great morals, you know, don't commit adultery. He honors his father. And because of that, he's prospered. The blessing of the Lord has made him very wealthy. But then he asks, what do I need to do in order to follow you? And the Lord said to him, you've done well. You kept a lot of commandments, all of these things you kept from your youth up. But one thing you've lacked, he says, take what you have and go sell it and then take the proceeds and distribute to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Wow. He had the wealth, but he didn't know why he had it. He had all of this wealth and did nothing for people in need. And this is why when we talk about prosperity, we must not magnify what we have because worldly people have that. We must magnify the needs that we are meeting with our wealth because that is the reason we have it. Talk about the missions projects. Talk about what you've given to the poor. Talk about the people you're sending to college. Talk about the scholarships that you're underwriting. Talk about the properties that you're buying to open up homes and the clothes and the food and talk about that. Don't magnify how much you got and what your rings and your jewelry, because none of that matters. None of none of that matters because kingdom people are not tied to all of those things. You you can have nice things, but when nice things start to give you an identity of value because of it. You miss the whole thing. Your value doesn't come from your watch or your jewelry or your necklace or your car. Your value comes from the fact that you are a child of God and that you are in the kingdom of God and your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Therefore, whether you have a one bedroom house or a 15 bedroom house, it does not add any value to your life. Our value only comes from Christ and real kingdom minded people do not want to amass wealth so we can hoard it so we can blow it so we can use it for unrighteous gain and unrighteous reasons. We want it because we have been given the kingdom assignment to bless those who need it. And so God wants us wealthy. He wants to bless us to make us wealthy, but then he wants to use us to distribute this wealth in such a way that we wipe out poverty in our spheres of influence. And as much as God would raise us up, we just take it off the world. And I mean, just just take it right on out of the world. And he wants us prosperous so that the Bible says we can abound to every good work. According to second Corinthians chapter number nine, the gospel needs to be preached. I mean, there there are things that need to be done. The gospel is a good work. We've got to be able to finance the gospel. We've got to be able to put podcasts out. We've got to be able to put, you know, um, television cameras. We've got to be able to make music. We've got to be able to write books. We've got it takes money in the earth realm and you've got to have it in order for vision to be manifested. And so money is provision for vision. And it doesn't mean that you have to give it all away. You've got to eat. You've got to sleep. (laughs) I mean, your kids have got to go to go to school. They've got to have clothes. But there is a point where you realize that you have more than enough for what you have. And at that point is when you begin to give it away. Now, stick with me because I want to hit this giving part. And so God is not against it. 
There are people that have been blessed in the kingdom of God and they got it the right way. And they're amazing examples of the blessing of God on their lives. And they're doing great things in their ministries. But then the thing Benny Hinn was talking about when I listened clearly was not that he was necessarily saying he doesn't believe in the prosperity gospel. Now, he could have been saying that. But but what I heard him say is he did not believe anymore in the way that people were taking up offerings and the abuse that came with what we do when we preach prosperity to get people to give. And that has been an issue that has been out of place for a long time. And I don't believe that we just have charlatans in the body of Christ. Now, of course, you have bad people everywhere who want to just have a gimmick and a scheme to get people to give. But I believe most people are misled in these areas. Because when it comes to giving, I believe in my humble opinion that the error comes when people begin to use their experiences for doctrine. Did you hear what I said? When people begin to use their experiences for doctrine or they use their experiences for theology. And this is when we get into all types of error over a lot of things in the body of Christ, because the way God blessed you or you got a breakthrough, that's your experience, but it doesn't make it doctrine. It happened for you, but it doesn't mean that's the way it's going to happen for everybody else. So maybe you sold a hundred dollar seed and got a breakthrough. That's your experience, but it is not biblical doctrine. That you go around telling everybody that now it takes a hundred dollars to get a breakthrough or you sold a thousand dollars and that's the way the breakthrough come. But it does not mean that it's doctrine for everybody else. So what does the word of God say about giving? It's real clear. It's in second Corinthians chapter number nine. Let every man give as he purposes in his own heart. Nobody should be telling you amounts to give. Nobody should be telling you what to give. Nobody should be telling you a breakthrough happens at a certain level of giving. All of that is error. You give as it purposes in your heart. How can God show up in a room and say a thousand dollars is the level of breakthrough when God knows everybody in that room does not have a thousand dollars? So would he leave out the people who only have seventy five dollars? Oh, well, of course he wouldn't. What we should do is simply ask the people to give because in every church you are at either billion dollar or trillion dollar capacity, billion dollar capacity, million dollar, tens of millions, hundreds of millions, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds, 50, tens, five dollars. Everybody is at a different level. And what we should do is what the word says. Give whatever you purpose in your heart to give. Now, God deserves your very best, but that's between you and God. It is not up for me just because I sold a $500 seed and then got a house and then I come into your church and start preaching. There is a $500 seed that will produce a house. 
No, that was my experience, but I cannot take my experiences and preach them as doctrine because we're all different. Spiritual laws are in our lives. All types of things are in our lives. All types of things determine breakthroughs and and all types of things determine. Some people sold and got it. Some people didn't sow anything and got it. And so the error comes in when we begin to take our our experiences and preach them as doctrine. Give whatever is in your heart to give, because if you don't, there have been people that have given their gas money, their light money, their car notes. They've given their house payments and all of that in hopes and did not know. Not only will that not produce a breakthrough, you're actually in error because you cannot give money that does not belong to you. You can only give what you have. And that money belongs, you promise people when you sign the, the, the note, when you, when, when you signed your name, that on the first of the month, you would have $356 for that car payment. Well, you, you've got to keep your word. And so what happens is we get all excited and, 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 and then, you know, we have all these gimmicks where, you know, we got all these lines going and people are pressured to come up and give this and give that and, And listen, I'm just trying to tell you the truth. I've been in the kingdom a while. I've been around a while. I've seen it all. And what you need to do and what you give in a church or in a service or to a ministry or to a cause needs to be between you and God. Are there issues in the Bible? They say the prophet told the woman to give everything that she had. And um, to give everything to the poor, you know, and and, you know, that her kid was going to bake a cake and die. And and the prophet said, make me a cake first. First of all, that is an experience that doesn't make it doctrine. That was Elisha and that was the Shunammite woman um, and or the widow at Zarephath. Um, you know, when, when, um, they had to empty the pots of oil and all of that, and you emptied a barrel and, you know, all types of things, you know, when they built the prophet's house and the sun was raised and all of those things in the word of God, but those are individual experiences. They are not to be preached as doctrines. Your son is not sick. It's not your last meal. It's not your last cake. It's not your last pot of oil. It's not. You, you understand what I'm saying? We need to quit preaching experiences as doctrine. And I believe that that's where the error comes. And so God wants us wealthy. He wants us prospering. Giving is a part of the Bible. Tithing is a part of the Bible. But the, there can be no pressure. The Bible is very clear. Don't give grudgingly or of necessity for God loves a cheerful giver. And so we have to be clear about what we do in the body of Christ when it comes to money so we can have integrity. And now here's the last thing I want to say about this is that there are people That are trying to, as they say, throw the baby out with the bathwater. And there are people coming under scrutiny in the kingdom of God for having jets and having having properties and all of those things. And let me tell you something. You have to be very careful when you're looking at individual lives in the kingdom of God 
If you do not know their motives, you do not know their practices, you do not know what they give, you do not know what they're doing, you do not know what's needed in their ministries, you do not know the scope of their ministries, you do not know how much money it takes to run it, you do not know anything. But yet people have this perception because of the way we've did it or not did it, that to be a believer, you're not supposed to have anything. You can't be a preacher with a private jet. If you're using it for ministry, if you need it to get around the world and get back home to your family, your body will save so much wear and tear. If you have it, if you need things, if you need helicopters, if you if you need it, if you're using things and your integrity is intact and you're using it for the kingdom, for a good work and you're being a blessing to the people who have it who don't have it, then that is the truth about prosperity. And so God wants you wealthy. He needs you wealthy, but there's a reason why. And so this hopefully will clear up some things to the practice of giving in churches and getting people to give to telethons and all types of things. It doesn't require any gimmicks or games. It just requires the word of God. Give and it shall be given to you. So hopefully this brought some clarity to some of you. Be blessed. Listen, I'm coming at the end to tell you about some more information. You need to share that this podcast is on. I'm going to be talking about a lot of stuff in the kingdom of God, hoping to bring some spiritual clarity to it. And so I appreciate you so much. Share it. Get all of your brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, cousins, daddies, mamas, get get everybody to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Let me know what you think. Be blessed. I'll be back next time. I pray you were blessed by today's podcast. Take a moment and subscribe to it and review it and share it with someone else so that we can stay connected. Be blessed.